KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. A lot of attention has been paid, for obvious reasons, to that Paycheck Protection Program, that giant bundle of money, billions of dollars that Congress approved that was designed to go to small businesses to help keep them afloat during the coronavirus pandemic. Once the program got started, we saw some headlines of some really big corporations. I know Shake Shack was one that came to mind that were taking advantage and taking the money in the program, and that drew a lot of headlines. It also led to the public shaming of the company and a lot of the companies that were pointed out in this situation ended up giving that money back. And I think that kind of painted a picture that the program wasn't working as intended. But Dr. Sam Rosen, an assistant professor in the Department of Finance at Temple's Fox School of Business, really did a deep dive, an empirical analysis of PPP funds, and he found some interesting things out. So we decided to get a hold of Dr. Rosen, talk to him about his analysis, his research, and here's that conversation. Kind of start us off at the ground level. Tell us what you did, the concept of your research. Sure. So my colleague and I, we noticed a lot of news coverage coming out about these large public firms who are getting PPP funds. So we really just asked the question, you know, who else has been receiving these? Is there something, uh, is there a way we can look at these numbers in more of an aggregate sense? And so what we did is we went to the SEC filings where public firms are required to disclose these types of borrowing arrangements. And we wrote a program to scrape through all of these filings in order to figure out all of the firms that actually did borrow throughout this program. So once we had that set of firms, that was essentially step one, uh, we began the next task of trying to figure out, all right, well, if these are the firms that borrowed, who else could have borrowed but didn't because in the filings, we only see the firms or we were only searching for the firms that actually took these type of loans. So establishing this eligibility criteria was crucial because a lot of this news coverage really centered around this idea or or gave this impression that these firms weren't supposed to be getting these funds. Uh, So we went to the, the guidelines that the SBA had prepared and we applied those to the universe of public firms out there. Now, the really nice thing about studying public firms is that there's a lot of data on them. They have to require, they have to disclose a lot. You have history, you have financials. Um, So we are able to take the guidelines and the criteria by the SBA, apply it to public firms, and narrow that set of firms down to what we call PPP-eligible firms. And so it was within this set that we were able to first document our first set of key findings, First of all, I guess just with the aggregate borrowing, you know, you compare how much total PPP loans those public firms got, you know, came out to about 0.3% of the the total amount that was dispersed in that first round. But then within the set of eligible borrowers, we find that 13% of potential eligible borrowers actually did borrow from the program. And so we felt like it was important to just establish some of these aggregate characteristics in order to give a sense for how much public firms actually use this program. And just as a baseline, when we're talking public firms, these are larger 
companies. We we heard a lot of these scandalous headlines that mm-hmm. you know this company took money and they brought in this much money and stuff like that. So you're talking about bigger companies compared to what I think most people thought was the target of this money, which was the convenience store on the corner or the mm-hmm. or stuff like that. That's right. So um, public firms just by construction are going to be larger. A public firm is a firm which has sold shares of its equity to the public in order to finance further growth. And so by doing so, or firms only actually go down that road when they've become larger, at least they tend to. Uh, now, that being said, not every single public firm is a huge corporation. You know, we have some stats in our table talking about the, the kind of size range of these firms. And, you know, the, the average borrower, or at least the median borrower in our PPP, uh, our, our set of public firms that borrow from the PPP had assets of about $50 million. And at the, the lower end, you know, maybe five to ten million, and so that yes, that's certainly a lot larger than you know the corner store or the kind of local uh, mom and pop shop. Um, but you know, within public firms, there is definitely a range of size, and some of it depends on industry and a lot of other factors. And so, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but so the idea really is, or what you're showing is that the money went to people that were eligible people took advantage of the money that they should have it maybe there were a couple there were some outliers that really drew a lot of headlines but for the most part from what the money you did the deep dive on things went where they should have so i mean at this point i don't know if i'd go as far as to to make that type of conclusion so i think we looked at the characteristics of the firms that borrowed and so within that analysis we certainly show that within those set of firms and this is, you know, relative to the whole set of potential borrowers. Uh, these firms definitely tended to be smaller, to have more employees, to have fewer investment opportunities, uh, to have outstanding debt or existing bank relationships. And so, to us, this th- at this point, I would describe this as a little more suggestive that these are the types of firms within public firms that that you would want to see the money going to. Now, to this, the second point about whether or not these firms ultimately use this money well, that's something that we still have to wait and see. And so we're, we're planning on following up and understanding exactly how these funds affected either firm performance or how they ultimately use these funds. And that, that will really be the ultimate test of, kind of whether or not these were used, uh, I guess you'd say correctly, or used in the spirit of the program. Now, the SBA did provide guidelines for whether or not these loans will be forgiven. And part of the those guidelines is that the funds actually have to be used towards paying employees or paying you know, for utilities or rent or other expenses that are the target of the program. Um, so from that perspective, the, if the loans are ultimately going to be forgiven, uh, they are going to need to fall under that um, criteria, or at least the funds are going to have to be shown to have been spent in that way. Um, but we do plan on kind of verifying this type of result and trying to also understand how these 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 funds ultimately help these firms, uh, you know, succeed or thrive throughout this period uh, if they did it all. And how difficult is all this? Just under the idea that this had to be put together so quickly, there wasn't a chance to dot I's, cross T's, maybe mm-hmm. narrow focus on on you know, what can be done, what can't be done, who can qualify, who can't qualify. 
how much do you think that probably figures into the the bottom line of how in some place some ways this is kind of all over the place yeah i mean i think that's that's a really important part of this where i think the people who designed this policy uh they understood that this is not going to be a perfect program and i think when they drew up those eligible guidelines they were probably more generous than, than strict because they didn't want to necessarily uh, cut out firms that, that ultimately would have been good candidates. As far as evaluating the program, trying to go in, or I, I guess I'd say take the approach that the, the kind of media attention has given, which is, you know, focus very much on the firms that kind of maybe shouldn't have gotten funds. It, it's certainly critiquing something that that was meant to be done quickly and trying to get out the funds as quick as possible. You know, one thing that we have seen as well is that a lot of the firms that did get called out for taking these funds did ultimately return them. So, you know, we've started to look, this isn't in the current version of our paper, what we started to look at how many firms have actually gone back and um, returned some of these funds. And it seems like that has been this kind of informal mechanism for actually vetting out some of the firms that shouldn't have gotten it because now that they've actually returned it, uh, the firms that chose not to return it or did, you know, didn't respond to this type of public pressure are probably the ones that needed it the most. And that's another thing that was interesting. I think your knee jerk is you assume, and you kind of referenced this, that because a place is larger, it doesn't need money in this type of situation. But just because a company's bigger doesn't mean our current moment isn't hammering them. And I yep. just I think part of the argument is, like many things in our society, there's a lack of nuance that yep. just because something is big doesn't mean that it it hasn't been hammered and shouldn't take advantage of something like this, correct? Totally. And, 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 you know, in the paper, we do try to provide some sense for kind of the expenses, the, just the, the you'd call them maybe fixed expenses of the firm over this, this eight-week period in Target. And, and even though the, the loan sizes can be up to a few million, that doesn't cover the expenses for these firms over this time. And what we do observe in, in kind of other uh, data settings is that, you know, public firms have definitely been struggling to uh, get their own financing. Uh, in the commercial loan market in March, we saw this huge trend of, of uh, firms drawing down their existing credit lines with banks, uh, you know, anticipating these financing needs and just knowing that, uh, you know, these sources of financing might not be there. So they're kind of taking advantage of them while they, they do exist. And then in April, essentially, that activity has gone away. And really, the, the Paycheck Protection Program has been one of the main sources that that both firms and uh, public and private have been able to rely on. So overall, and I don't want to do something trite like give this the program a grade, and but if you're looking at a vast mosaic of this program, what it was supposed to accomplish, and from what you've seen to this point, what it has accomplished, would the arrow be pointing closer towards on point or more of a problem? I think that's a definitely a question that you know, fair question, one that everyone wants to know. But uh, you know, I think at this point, I, I am hesitant to to put really much of a stamp on it, just because we really do need to see how these these funds are used in order to really give a proper assessment. And you know, I think uh, this is kind of new territory for academic researchers myself in terms of trying to put out work to help understand programs as they're they're ongoing, but. 
you know, even things you can go back to the last financial crisis, like TARP or these other programs that were, you know, intended to help out companies, you know, years later, they're still trying to figure out kind of whether or not those were uh, appropriately used and if the government fairly got paid back for these type of things. So I think, you know, it's going to take a little more time to, to really give a better assessment. And I would describe, you know, our work as at least uh, providing some positive support that the program may not be perfect, but, the, you know, the at least the eligibility, you know, within the set of eligible firms that the firms do seem to be going or the funds do seem to be going towards firms that are uh, the ones we'd expect would, would want to get this type of financing. And in closing, were there any other kind of interesting bullet point type things that you learned or trends you want to follow that that your research showed uh, that we haven't touched on? I personally, I'm interested to see how the second round of PPP borrowers uh, looks. So I think something we haven't talked so far and also just not in the current version of our paper, but the PPP program did resume uh, on April 27th with a fresh round of $310 billion. And I think given what happened in terms of the public campaigns to return the funds, um, as well as just what, I guess I'd say the public has learned about the program in general and how the SBA is trying to change it. I'm pretty, I'm particularly interested to see how the kind of take up of PPP has, has changed since then. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very interested to, to get a sense for how these firms are actually using this money. And this is the type of information we can actually start looking into uh, as soon as the end of this uh, calendar quarter when firms actually start disclosing their next, uh, essentially their quarter two financial statements. Uh, so I think that will really start to give a lot more insight uh, beyond just who engaged in the program, but then how they used it as well. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.